Hello, my name is Jeremy. And my name is Raphael. And this is the Risk Channels podcast, brought to you by NAC International. And today, we're going to be talking about electric cars and their impact on society. So to start with, what do you think about electric cars? <laughs> electric cars? Interesting. Because, you know, me growing up with, like, a whole car background, I love gas-powered engines and everything. But electric cars, they're definitely dope. You know, they're cutting-edge high-performing vehicles, and uh, I think that, you know, the future could really embrace them and, and, and get to like them and love them. How do you feel about them? I feel like, I mean, as someone who's been driving for a couple of years now and just seeing them on the road, I think they're very expensive, overpriced. It just, I mean, they look cool, but for if you're paying fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for a Tesla, why is it always breaking down on the side of the road? <laughs> you say you see them on the side of the road all the time? Yeah, it's just like, they just sit there on the side of the road, and it's just like, nothing looks like visibly done to it. What happened to the car? It's supposed to be cutting edge technology, but it's just there. Yeah. While I'm driving my gas car in a car, going maybe a thousand, two thousand, three thousand miles every couple of times for oil change, going, you're on the side of the road. It's supposed to be fifty, sixty thousand dollars car. Maybe I have a personal grudge against electric cars, but they do look fun to drive, though. Yeah, um, <laughs> about to break it down, though. <laughs> It's like, I don't even know where to start because, you know, obviously a lot of people don't know how to fix these things. You know, like it's batteries that you're dealing with. It's not a traditional engine. So, you know, I could definitely like see how it could be an issue. You know what I mean? Like call roadside assistance or whatever you have. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Teslas, they definitely need to like be more reliable, I would say, or just like EVs in general. Mm -hmm. I would say, like, I know the big one, the popular name is Tesla, but they also have, like, this is a Chinese company, if I be correct, it's called BUD, or B-U-Y-D, my fault. Yeah. And it's, like, probably it's bigger than Tesla, because, you know, China has such a big population, so they mm-hmm. able to spread their message and their brand across a wider audience in America, and Tesla can. But I feel like, I feel like Tesla's overrated. You think they're overrated? Yeah, I feel like, like, you're just talking, we're just talking about, what is it about Lucid? Yeah, I, see, because I thought you never mentioned that. Lucid Air, they're like luxurious electric cars, and they're fire. Um, if you haven't seen one yet, look it up. Lucid Air, they are very, um, those have cutting-edge technology. They look very futuristic. Like, it looks like it does not belong on planet Earth, actually. Um, but they're definitely cool, you know what I mean? Because people think Tesla's, or maybe overrated, but I, I think they're also kind of underrated, though, because people don't give Teslas a chance to, like, be appreciated because of how much people, like, hate EVs, you know? I mean, all right, so my opinion, I feel like Teslas, and sense of, like, a design, because I hear there's a lot of design flaws with Tesla. Yeah. Like, people saying, like, oh, like, the mirrors are out of place with the actual car and how it's supposed to go, like, it's... You've seen it, I'm probably sure you've seen this on social media where people are trying to get into their Tesla in the, in the cold and it's like ice cold and it's frozen yeah, and the ice yeah. and everything and they can't get into it. They have to literally pick up their Tesla to get in there and stuff like that. And I, but I've seen, I know it's going to be a crazy story, it's going to sound insane, but like their durability though, like you see, I've seen Tesla's crash and like yeah. there's a story of a guy, he was a doctor in California, he had his kid, his wife. Two children, I believe, in a car, ran off the side of a cliff, and a Tesla. What? Trying to 
do, do something crazy, trying to kill his kids and kill everybody in his car. Essentially, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You say he tried to do that or he did that? He did. Well, he did it. Well, he was, he was attempting to kill him, but the crazy thing is... That's not crazy enough? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's crazy. But the crazy thing is, though, the test I... The, the Tesla broke, like, it is obviously shattered. Like, it didn't shatter, but, like, it crushed him in the middle of his, obviously. But the family survived. They did. Everybody survived, and the, and the Tesla survived. I hope that dude got locked up. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he yeah. got locked up, but, like, everyone, like, the kids, the wife, like, I think maybe some broken bones, at least, but nobody suffered severe injuries. So, so, you're saying that they're very, like, safe? Like, the test, I would say, like, in terms of safety, like, I'll say they're pretty safe. I mean, I haven't heard of... I don't know. All right. I'm going to stop you right there because I don't think they're safe. Like, that is a crazy story, by the way. Jump, like, like, you know, like driving what? off a cliff what other surviving. Car, I mean, what other car do you know is getting, is surviving, is go, is like people in the type of car. Say like you have, this is going to get you mad. Say you have a Beamer, goes upside of a cliff. You think people are living in that? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> German engineering, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would, Okay, okay, about the Teslas, though, like, I don't think they're safe, like, that is crazy, and they're safe for that reason, maybe for, like, crash protection and everything, but I don't know if you guys know about this, but Teslas, you know, they're uh, full self-driving capabilities. They can't really drive themselves, like, you better keep one eye or two eyes open when you're behind the wheel, like, trusting your whole car to drive you to places, because there's been a lot of stories where people get into car crashes and bad car crashes because the Tesla messes up. Alright, you got a good point there. See? I mean, personally, I wouldn't trust the self-driving feature because, like, anything can happen. I mean, any car, regardless. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's more of a computing issue. There's something wrong with, like, if you're trying the to drive technology. Yeah, the technology is about the computing issue, as I said. It could be an actual car issue, like, something's wrong with the car and you don't know it. And then, like, due to the computer, like, reading, like, all the drive itself, and something with the car is messing up, it automatically just keeps going. Or it could stop, which, which is my big experience. It stops in the middle of the road. Say, like, during, like, heavy car flow, like, heavy foot, um, foot traffic with cars. And it just ends up being a rear-end collision, front-end collision. Like, that's that's probably my biggest fan in Tesla. There's a lot of those. But stuff like that. Also, too, you got to think about the lithium battery in there. Yeah. You got to think about what that can do if it were to collide with another object. Like... About that, I saw I saw a news story my, my dad sent me. Um, there was a Tesla that literally exploded because of lithium ion battery. Literally just like exploded on the freeway and it caught it shot up into flames. Um, and it was a very, very, very bad fire because of how you know strong and powerful those batteries are and how big they are. Yeah. It caused a lot of damage. Um so it's it's definitely something to be like concerned about when you're like purchasing an EV in general, not just Teslas. You know, it sounds like we're kind of like not right, on whatever, on Tesla. like we don't like Tesla. It's just a good me example. personally, I like Teslas a lot. You know, but um, yeah, just EVs in general, like it's they could be dangerous because of that reason. You know, but like to be play the devil's advocate, gas powered engines or whatever, you know, being fueled by gas, gasoline, you know fires and stuff like that. Like, it's the same thing. So it's like, you know, just pick your poison. Would you say it's just as dangerous? Or one just more, or one more dangerous than the other? Like, well, how would you, how would you compare it? <laughs> I don't know if you can compare it. Well, you definitely can compare it. I don't know. I can compare it because, like, they're just so different. 
you know, because, you know, one has oil, one has gas, um, has a belt that could go, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in the engine. I feel like a battery has, like, less problems that can go wrong. Less uh, room for error? Less room for error, for sure. But, like, okay, so would you say electric vehicles are inherently less uh, less risk prone or accident prone because of those minute like lack of error or lack of room for error because it's only like certain number of mechanisms powering the car opposed to like a gas powered car where you have all these different cranes and variables like yeah risking, that's what, like you know what I'm saying like from let's say insurance aspect what would be the level of risk assessment when you're looking at an EV opposed to a gas-powered car, what would you say, like you, like you just said, oh, it's more risk driving a gas-powered car because EVs have less going on technically, technically? I like this question. Or would it be, oh, it's almost the same due to the fact that it's using a lithium battery, which can act as, which would be even more dangerous than using gasoline in a gas-powered car. Like, what would be the, what would be the mindset going in if you're trying to, like, judge which one is the safer car? And what's the, what is the way to go with buying a car? Well, in terms of insurance, from the insurance aspect, I know if you have a problem with the Tesla, you can't really take it to any old, you know, mechanic to fix it because a lot of people don't know about them. And they're very hard to be worked on because they're so new. You know, you're working on batteries now. That's technology. You're working on, you know, full-on tablets and displays. Like, if your Tesla goes kaput, and it stops working, you might as well kiss that car goodbye because you're gonna be coughing up thousands of dollars to fix it. Meanwhile, for like a regular gas-powered engine, you know, it would be more affordable for like the average person. Um, but I know EVs for sure are definitely more, you know, they cost a lot more money to fix and so. Alright, and contrary to that, I would say Alright, so if a Tesla gets into an accident, it's going to take months to repair just because there's a lack of people who actually know how to fix Teslas or mm -hmm. they need to actually take it to a Tesla dealer and then deal with all that, uh, you know, process. But in a gas-powered car, I would say it might be even just due to the fact that nowadays, that personally, I've been through, like, having to wait for parts for months. Like, my mom personally, for her Dodge Journey, she had to wait six months to get a thermometer for her car because yeah. of lack of metal. And a shortage on metal and supplies. Okay, well that could also, you know, be implemented for like EVs as well. You know, what would you say like use the thermometer. But like, would you say like there's a difference in like, oh, like you gotta if you use the EV and you get into an accident, you gotta have to wait a long time or wait a while to get that car back. What would it be the same thing for gas-powered cars since the shortages on metal and shortages on actual equipment to fix that? I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same because we've been driving, you know, gas-powered cars since, you know, 1900s, uh, yeah, like, years ago. We've been driving gas-powered cars all our lives, all of, like, mankind or whatever. Um, we would obviously, like... Not all of mankind? <laughs> not even all of mankind. <laughs> we saw with the Flintstones. We, we saw the, uh, saw <laughs> the cars. <laughs> but, um... Nah, yeah, it's like we would have the resources and tools to like fix it because everywhere around the world you can find resources to help a simple gas-powered car. Now, EVs, on the contrary, I don't 
think you could say the same thing because parts are definitely going to take a lot longer to get. And as I said before, they're going to be a lot more expensive. So it's going to be more difficult and you may have a longer wait time because of it. All right, that's a fair point. Yeah. There definitely is a lack of knowledge when it comes to EVs and people who can actually fix them. So I guess that like kind of weighs it more as an option to buy a car. And yeah. it makes it harder for the average person to be like, oh, like, my Tesla got to that. I got to ask an friend up in my Tesla. Can you fix it? And they go to the mechanic and they're like, oh, no, sorry. We don't know how to fix these. So it's an actual dealer. And then with the actual dealer, you got to go. That's going to cost some actual money. <laughs> some real some money. Real money. <laughs> but uh, here's my question, though. Um, given the current circumstances in like, this, this, this world in itself, what would you prefer to drive going into 2024? Would you want to get a brand new EV car or would you go for your traditional gas powered car? Well, with government legislation, I feel like it's pushing, well, especially in America, they're pushing towards like this rise of buying EVs. But yeah, I'm not sure if you heard it like 2030. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. I I'm not really, that's huge. I, I don't know, I feel like this, I feel like, I know what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like it's gonna work just due to the fact that, you know, EVs cost, cost a pretty penny. And also too, like, what's the incentive? They didn't really say like, oh, is it gonna be like, maybe like a tax write-off, or it's gonna come back to them or whatnot. So like, what's the incentive of me buying a $60,000 car with all the problems and all the baggage that comes with it? So I feel like, for me, in 2024, I think I'd still personally stick with gas, just until mm-hmm. like, we have more people who have knowledge about EVs, more people who know what the implications of using them are. I mean, think about this. You want the environment to, you're doing this for the environment. Yeah. You gotta think about where the lithium batteries go after the car is done and totally destroyed. Like, where do those batteries go? They just sit in the landfill because nobody knows how to you know, dispose of them. Like, where's the, what's the process of decomposing that, deconstructing that to make it reusable? That's a really good point. <clears throat> because, a lot of people are talking about, oh, by 2030, we should have full EV cars or whatever, like no more gas-powered cars like being sold. Um, but that's a really good question because where are the batteries going to go when the car is done, you know? I don't think people are thinking about that because we're trying to like switch to EV-powered cars or electrically-powered cars to save the world, in a sense, and kind of like slow, you know, this whole changing of the, of the uh, climate change to slow it down, right? Um, but we're still going to be like dealing with waste, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like, I don't think anyone's really took that into account, you know? So, was, yeah, like to be on, on that, I mean, if you could find a way to reuse a lithium battery, by all means, I feel like that'd be beneficial. But as of now, I feel like we gotta do think about it from a more practical sense and sense that, like, all like what's good what's beneficial towards the average person right now like what can they afford i mean especially with the economy where it's at yeah and people like i don't think people can afford sixty thousand dollars to you know like i said earlier spend on ev i think they have bigger priorities than that right now but that's just like my opinion yeah but aside from that though i mean you keep saying sixty thousand dollars well like evs are getting cheaper like that's that's like that's not a bad number to say but that's very, very expensive. That's just like a guesstimation. You know, because um, I know like where our world is going, you know. It's got to be more accessible, obviously. Yeah, like, you know, 
car manufacturers are learning how to like take the prices down, make um alternatives for people that like you know can't afford very expensive you know brand new cars, and they're trying to like try to they're trying to make it tailored to everybody. You know what I mean? So like they'll have like the base models, entry models, whatever have you, and so it can like suit everybody's needs. So you know that whole sixty thousand dollar mark, like that's a very expensive car. You'll only find that in like the premium trims of Teslas and you know base model trims of Lucas maybe. But um, I feel like in a couple of years, people will be able to like you know step foot inside them and like not have to worry about them being super expensive. You know. Charging a pretty penny for like a brand new car, because that's like where our world's going, and they know that they have to make changes so it can be affordable, and we can like actually start putting this plan into practice. Yeah, hopefully, <clears throat> hopefully by the time it is twenty thirty, EVs will be more affordable option for everybody. Like yeah. you said, like I don't know, people are not trying to spend forty, fifty, sixty thousand on just their car. People are trying to spend a reasonable price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, I mean, then again, you have like your, you know, gearheads and people who like to still drive manual transmissions and and, and race the cars and all this performance. Like, you just made me think. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, finish it. I just thought of something. You just thought? No, go ahead. I was gonna say, what about the people? Cause I know we we're talking about this. People who want to go manual and have a <laughs> car. Like, how are you supposed to? How are you supposed to transition from you know having a stick shift and just like from nothing? Like, so, that's gonna be a weird transition. So funny story. Um. Uh, I was house-sitting for my auntie and uncle, and they had Teslas, cool, whatever. Had them for the weekend, and I felt it was really weird to drive without, like, a gear shifter. So, like, what I did was I put my Poland Spring water bottle in the cup holder and hold my hand on it to, like, reenact it being, like, a (laughs) gear shifter. And you know what? I wasn't mad at it because, like, you know, it was comfortable. It was someone to put my hand on. So maybe it was, like, EV manufacturers, you know, just, like, have something to, like, you know, kind of put in place for a gear shifter. I think it'll all be good. But, you know, actually shifting the gears and, you know, um, having paddle shifters and this, that, and the third, there's really no replacement for it. But... I think with the performance of these electric vehicles, it can really turn people's heads because it really is like they have some of the best performing cars out there. You know, um, cars going zero to 60 in under two seconds. That's the model Plaid. Then you have the Lucid Air Sapphire, I believe. Zero to 60 in 2.1 seconds or two seconds dead. And like a top speed of nearly 200 miles per hour. You know what I mean? Like, these cars are fast, doing quarter miles in less than 10 seconds. You're not really getting that gas-powered cars now. The trade-off is you may have instantaneous torque in an EV. You may have, um, you know, smooth driving everywhere you go, but you're really missing out on that engagement of the car. So I feel like if people would really, you know, if people would want the world to change, like, say, manufacturers want the world to change, they need to learn how to make these electric vehicles engaging to people who are, you know, who love performance, performance and actually driving and being one with the car and, you know, getting steering feel and getting, like, that feeling that they're, like, a racer kind of thing. You know what I mean? So I think if we could, like, figure out how to do that, 
I think it would turn a lot of people's heads and we'd be more intrigued in wanting to own an EV at some point. Sound like you work for a electric car company. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like that was like, uh, but yeah. And then with driving fast and you know being young man on the road, or y'all just you recently got the license. Like I'd say the last past five years, how would you say? What would you say about the rating? Like let's say let's bring in Tampa, uh, Tesla for example. They have score ratings on how you drive and the speed you go at and how it dictates which insurance you do each month. What's your opinion on that? I think it should be criminal that you're like monitoring like exactly what's going on in the vehicle. However, drive safe always, you know, two hands on the steering wheel at all times. For sure. Obey yeah. traffic regulations Ten and laws. Two, three, and nine, depending on, you know, the station. <laughs> exactly. Or what rules you got in that. Is it, dude, what are you talking Was it three and nine or was it? Don't, don't ask me that. Because <laughs> now I drive one. Are you just talking about being safe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I was just kidding, obviously. You know, yeah, two minutes on the yeah, all the time. Um, but <laughs> anyways, um, I don't know. Like, I think it's cool because it may, like, really intrigue people to, like, you know, actually drive safer and be better drivers all around, which would in turn cause us accidents, incidents, um, kind of just make, like, the roads a safer place for people. And also lower your rate of insurance, you know, because insurance really is expensive, especially for young males, because what people are banking on who are like, you know, in the insurance field, they're banking on like young kids like us or whatever to like get into car crashes because we don't know how to drive and we're too not anxious behind the wheel, but like reckless, too reckless behind the wheel and we're going to be racing our friends and this and that, but, you know. It's part of the truth. Well, okay, you can speak for yourself, <laughs> but um, nah, I definitely see where like where they're getting at. But like, it's definitely a good idea to like you know monitor that stuff and make sure everyone's like kind of driving safe, just to lower your prices. I mean, it, it helps you out. I would say personally, but I think I think it's a good idea if you do follow like obviously like you do follow the rules, you do drive good. You know, it's a it's an excellent idea. You get the opportunity to bring, you know, your credit, not credit, sorry, <laughs> your insurance score, or insurance, yeah, your insurance score down as well, and tandem your price. So I think it's a good idea. I feel like, but what about the variables? Like, oh, like, I th- I'm not sure if they do it by averages. Like, oh, if you drove, like, 64 miles per hour this month, then you're, you're doing good. Or if you drove, like, if your average was 70 miles per hour, then, oh, their average score. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't know what, how they average that out and what they dictate as an unsafe driver and a safe driver. Yeah. But I feel like if you're able to become a safe driver and get that down, I feel like it's very beneficial. But for obviously for people who don't drive, who drive reckless and don't drive safe and what and what's so it's it's, it's going to be bad. But I feel like that's more it gives more of an incentive to drive to drive safer. Yeah. So I feel like that's good. The bad part is I don't I don't I don't want to be tracked. I don't want to be tracked. You don't want to be tracked. Yeah. I, I don't feel I don't know how I feel about being tracked, constantly monitored, like, you know, like I I I just don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I like, know. Basically, know your location at all times, type. Like it is. I mean, but then again, in today's world, it's like you know we have something called cookies on the internet. Um, they know exactly what you're doing on the web. Like you know, they're tracking your every movement. So it's not foreign to us, unless you like really don't know about the like, cookies and what they do, but. 
just the world in general, like they always have tabs on you. It's, it's something, right? Like it's normal. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I feel like the implication of this, this, let's say, insurance or or yeah. car credit, I would, I would like to call it, is basically like a, a means to collect data from everyone. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just a one big data tracking thing. Yeah. Because like, um, think about it, you can track data. If you give people incentive to drive your car or use this insurance, they can track how much. They literally can track all the data, like, oh, what you take, uh, how, how fast you drive on average, what times you usually drive, what you can do to it. Like, it's just one big data pool. It really is one big data pool. Um, and it's all just a marketing scheme at this point. You know, like, every, every company wants to have all of your data, your data and information just so they can sell you products. Mm-hmm. Look it up, guys. Uh, promise you, that's what they do. That's what they use your information for, just to sell you products. And they probably get a lot of y'all, too, because they get me. I know that for sure, man. I know they get Jeremy too. So <laughs> I haven't been to that. I haven't been to see Yeah. But um, aside from that though, the whole um, I don't know. What's next? I would say. I would say we're getting kind of we're getting to that conclusion, getting close to that. So close it off. I would say, would you buy? personally buy an electric car? Would I? <laughs> of course I would. What? I want um. I like all kinds of cars. I want to have a manual car at some point, maybe a convertible, manual convertible. It doesn't matter. Just make it fun, make it sound good. But electric vehicles, if you guys don't know, um, definitely look into them. It's definitely an experience. Uh, they can be very fun. They're very smooth. Um, and they're just different, you know? So. If you're some person who's like very close-minded to that, to the fact of opening up to EVs, I would say give it a try, and it may turn your head because it definitely turned my head. Personally, I think I buy Lucid more than anything. Lucid, yeah. Lucid, like I would say, like it's almost like the beam of electric cars. Like it's so like, like I guess so, it almost it looks so weird. Like nice and, like it's like a luxury electric vehicle. So it looks cool. I want to now. I really want to try the. I think either BYD. It's called or Vid. From China, yeah, yeah. Which is, it's called BYD. BYD, yeah, BYD. Those are cool. I'm not gonna lie, those are really cool. I'm not a fan of them, but Lucid, though, I'm there with you on that one. I, I like that one. Um, maybe sometime in the future, though. Totally. By 2030, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But would you buy an electric car? Let us know down below in the comments, and that concludes today's episode. <laughs> and guys, thanks for tuning in again. You know, AZ International. My name is Raphael. My name is Jeremy. And remember, we got you covered from A to Z. Thanks for watching. Very nice.